0: Everybody, welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, the sexiest man alive, Dan Hummer, and I'm here with the second sexiest, Eric. What's up? And then I'm here with the
1: 172nd sexiest, Doug's here. There you Yo, 172nd. That's a good number. I actually moved up from last year. I think last year I was like 1 uh, 185. Yeah, you're up in the rankings. Uh, so we're here to talk about
0: Goldberg's Top 10 Moments and Matches. This is a big episode.
1: Well, I think that 12 before me died, so that's why I got moved out. Oh, that's what <laughs> Uh
0: But we're here for a big
1: episode. Yeah.
0: Uh, representing the Unscripted Everything Network. Uh, we're here to bring you Unscripted Wrestling into the new year, into the new millennium, 2023. I know it's not a new millennium, but I wanted to say that, Doug, so if you correct me, you're off the show. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm excited to bring in this new year with you guys, especially you, Eric.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: We've had a good year. Tomorrow's the year-end awards for Unscripted Everything, and that's going to be a lot of fun. We've been coming up with the nominations and who's going to get each award, and that's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up in the new year that Doug will tell everybody about at the end of the show.
1: But if I can remember
0: we do thank you for uh, being with us and everybody in the old school group and part of the unscripted family we we enjoy having you and uh, we like talking and having fun and bullshit so we yeah. appreciate you guys for tuning in
1: uh, let's uh, you want to get into worker of the week worker of the week and plus also we get an RIP yeah Well, we'll do a moment of silence after Yeah. Hello? Stick.
0: Clint. hey Clintus how you doing all right. hi, Hi, What's going on So while Clint here much. We're, uh, we're getting right into Worker of the week So Who was the top guy of the week
3: Clinton. Or girl Oh What was I didn't really watch Snow wrestling this week Raw was the uh, Was the What a best of Raw I didn't watch yeah, The 2022 this week. Yeah yeah, I watched AEW technically this week, so I I can't really have one if I didn't watch nothing this week. I'm waiting for SmackDown. Yeah. All right, Eric, who you got?
0: Should I go next? I mean, that's why I passed it to you, yeah. I'll go Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe did look damn good this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him cutting Wardlow's hair, but that was a stupid ponytail.
1: Well, it's a stupid ponytail, but, like, I just think these two
0: big beastly bastards don't need that angle. No, they They don't. don't. They don't need a hair thing. They don't, they don't like, no, he I don't, don't. He, he, he did right by taking him out at the knees beforehand
1: because that's a heel thing to do.
0: Oh, yeah. And I like Joe and Wardlow against each other as opponents much yeah. more than as a team. I, I find them like very intriguing. Like yeah. they could
1: ma- be made of ending shit. If they Samoa were, Joe should not be a baby face. No. Like to watch No.
0: He makes sense as a heel and it works. And I, I, I nope. enjoy him against Wardlow. I really do. Yeah. I like so, uh, yeah, it's really good. And uh, so th- is that your work of the week, too? or who you No, mine to- was <laughs> actually
1: going to be West Lee, uh, the NXT North American champion, because he's, you know, he went through, like, this trying, you know, period where, you know, after his partner got released after uh, TakeOver, uh, the TakeOver right after WrestleMania. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, of course, you know, you have to uh, – everybody thinks it's a good idea to post a picture of yourself dressed as Hitler. Uh, but uh, – so Wesley kind of was floundering a little bit, but then he won the North American title, I think, it, at uh, at Halloween Havoc, I believe. Yeah. And so after that, he's just kind of been – you know, he's been kind of up on the, up on the rise, retained the title against Tony D'Angelo this week. Uh, on NXT and it's been you know just the fact that he kind of went from you know They really didn't know what to do with him and then Shawn Michaels took over and Shawn Michaels is just like look this guy's got a lot of talent. Let's make him a champion.
0: Yeah
1: So that's why that's why he's my worker of the week because he's just been busting his ass and Shawn Michaels is really kind of turn in my opinion. He's kind of turned NXT around
0: yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think he's a good, like, Booker-type deal to have in there, especially
1: working with all the kids. And listening to him talk about it, and it's just like, because he knows what he's doing, he, he's, you know, uh, they're really just giving him, uh, you know, Triple H's kind of giving him carte on and said, look, do whatever you want. Just, you know, make sure that, you know, these guys are getting developed. The guys and girls are getting developed. They got a lot of youth on that roster. Yeah. I mean, a lot of their girls – I mean, their champion just just turned – their NXT, their women's champion just turned 21.
0: Yeah. So they got a lot of young talent.
1: Yeah. I mean, and their, their world champion is, you know, your age. I'm pretty sure the two of you are actually only minutes apart.
0: Oh, yeah. Braun Breaker. Yeah. Yeah, and I like him a lot. And uh, Sean's working really well with him. So, yeah, NXT is actually getting better, it seems like.
1: I, I'm i enjoying it. I still have to go back. I want to watch uh, the last couple of weeks of TV, and I, re- I want to go back and I want to watch that Deadline show again because I want to see the men's uh, Iron Survivor match. I saw the women's match, and it was really good. Yeah.
0: All right, so you want to get into our – actually, first, we do want to say – and we want to give uh, a moment of silence for Don West, the legendary commentator for uh, TNA. And it almost like it's crazy. We just talked about him last week and we're talking about him and TNA as one of our favorite commentators. Yeah, we
1: just, we just praised him last week. This is know? the
0: first time we really did any TNA on the show. Yeah. Besides like a tier list or something. So uh, RIP to Don West. He was a hell of a color commentator and probably one of the most underrated color commentators in the business. I don't think he ever got enough credit for how good he actually was. And I always thought the comment, and I'm not trying to put down somebody else in memoriam, but I always thought the commentary team took a little bit of a hit when he left and Taz
1: joined. No offense to Taz right well, and, and here's the thing. and I, I'll just say, he had a background in, in merchandise yeah. and in marketing. You could tell he was a salesman. Okay. So when the opportunity came for him, When they, because Taz came in and they brought Taz in as a manager, but Taz said, uh, you know, I I don't want to be a manager. I would like to be a telecommentator. And so the opportunity then came around. They needed somebody to run the TNA, uh, the TNA website and uh, work in merchandise. Yeah. And they were like, hey, because Don always had his spots where he was always trying to sell his stuff anyway. Yeah. So they're like, hey, do you want to do this? Sure, so we did that, and that. But then they brought him back on TV for a little bit. He actually managed Amazing Red for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, it didn't really last long, but it was. But Don West was the man.
0: Uh, I remember as a kid watching him, and AJ Styles is still one of my favorite wrestlers. And the way he would sell certain moves that AJ did, like the Pele kick, especially. Yeah. And he would always go nuts whenever he did this Pele kick, and then that became one of my favorite moves. So uh, Don West is just a hell of hell of a career, hell of a commentator, and uh, let's give him a moment of silence. I know you want to talk again, but...
3: That.
1: All right. R.I.P. Okay. Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, no, I was also going to say, you know, you talk about how he kind of went crazy for A.J. He did the same thing for Chris Harris. Yes. Like Chris Harris is catatonic. Like, I remember watching an old episode of Explosion, and... Uh, Chris Harris went to hit his catatonic move on one of the naturals and they pointed to Don. They said, Hey Don, this is for you. (laughs) That's awesome. And then, you know, Don made the call and he was so, he was just ecstatic that he got to. To the
0: moon about it, right?
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Now let's get into our main event here. The meat and potatoes. Goldberg's top 10 matches and moments. Yeah. Someone who's known as pretty much the Dean Malenko of uh, big men. Yeah, Well,
1: and by the way, we're doing this because his birthday was on uh, Tuesday.
0: By the way, that was a joke. Yeah, but uh, he, he might not be so known for like 15-minute matches or 20 matches, but he's had enough good matches, Not maybe not classic ones, but he's had enough good matches and good moments. And Goldberg has had a hell of a career, no matter what people want to say. And even like his comeback, there was good parts of both comebacks. The people want to ignore but we're going to get into him today
1: yeah and again uh jim ross has uh defended him because you know jj J. Dillon for some reason hated his guts yeah okay and well, jim, well, a lot
0: of old heads did
1: yeah and jim ross pretty much uh i just find it funny that the guy that hates his guts is the guy that technically put him over and talked good about him on wsw tv every week
0: that's true uh
1: but And J.R., the guy who was technically supposed to bury him on WWF TV when he was in WCW, uh, pretty much then he goes, yeah, he's a one-hit one hit wonder, but guess what, J.J.? He had a hit. Yeah. So, like, I always, you know, I reference that a lot on this show.
0: Yeah, well, but, that's J.R.'s saying, too. Yeah. Uh, he had a hit. Because he did. But even that, like... It's not even just a hit, though. He was over for a good, like, two two
1: years, almost. Well, September 22nd, 1997 is when he debuted on TV. And I don't think they stopped caring about him until he turned heel yeah. on June 11th, 2000.
0: But even, I mean, 99, the kind of, the steam was gone. But just because WCW steam was kind of well, gone?
1: Well, WCW steam was gone. His was still kind of there. I mean, well, he left for a few months, but that's because John claude Van Damme and Turner and Turner Time Warner wanted him for a movie. Yeah. But, uh, he's been to
0: WWE a couple times. He still comes back every once in a while.
1: He, I think he still has one match left. Under, uh, under contract. Yeah. And, uh, so he's done a lot of cool shit.
0: But, uh, Let's get into some honorable mentions. Uh, the first honorable me- oh, But also, let's start with the Clint first. Clint, what was your first memories of Goldberg?
3: Well, I'm not going to say because I think my first memory of Goldberg was, really wasn't a WCW fan, fan when he first came out. But he reminded me so, I, I called him the fake Stone Cold. The Stone Cold mm-hmm. version of the... WC, uh,
2: WCW. I mean, the guy was
3: a monster. Don't get me wrong, but he looks just—he like, reminded me when I was younger, much as like he was like the Steve Austin. I think build-up. Oh, of, of WCW back in the day. Uh, I mean, he's a bald guy in black tights for yeah, sure. Black tights. What's
2: the next lie? You gotta run. I was like what? six seven years old
0: okay i'm not saying you're wrong no i I, (laughs) I felt the
2: same way too kind of i
0: i do i'll back you up there i'm backing him i'm not going against him i think uh he does in appearance wise he definitely looks like stone cold he he looked like a more jacked
1: version of stone cold steve austin yeah yeah
0: i could see and that comparison has been around forever yeah i remember Like, people were always saying, like, Goldberg's another Steve Austin. You know, in
1: February of 99, he actually went on the Tonight Show and challenged Austin to a match. I didn't know that, no. He he went on. They had advertised it all week that he was going to go on the Tonight Show, and he was going to make a challenge that was going to shock the wrestling world, right? What year was this? 99. It was February.
0: Okay.
1: So, it was right it was actually a couple of days before WWF's uh, new year, uh, uh, Stephen Valentine's day massacre pay-per-view. So he goes on and makes this challenge. Uh, and Austin did Howard Stern like a couple of weeks later. Yeah. And Howard and uh, Gary Delabate, uh the producer Baba Bowie yeah. goes, he goes, you know, cause Howard asked cause Howard had heard about Goldberg making a challenge and he he asked him like I said, what some guy made a challenge to you and austin's just like yeah that really doesn't matter <laughs> and uh I came in and said oh yeah this guy goldberg he works in WCW. he goes uh and stern goes well you're going to answer the challenge and he go and uh austin goes why that company's dying they're not relevant anymore <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not worth it's not worth talking about well and that does kind of seem like a cheap
0: like the oh the shit's going downhill let's challenge Austin well I mean, yeah it
1: was it was more than likely it was it, I don't even think it was Bischoff because I think Bischoff was pissed uh, and it was Goldberg just trying to you know uh, send shockwaves through the wrestling world. I guess they—that's what they called it. But it was also him. Just you know, maybe we can get something going. Even though, like, there was no way that they were going to do any kind of WWF versus WCW thing, anyway.
0: Yeah. No, they—they they were never going to do that. But uh, so let's get into the honorable mentions, unless uh Eric. Do you have a profound statement about your memories of
2: Goldberg? Um, obviously, one of the memories I had was when he won the title from Hogan. And that crowd in Atlanta was, because uh, he he's from Atlanta, and that crowd was just, um. that was a sold-out crowd, right? That was like 50,000. Yeah. 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 When he came out in that, he just, that crowd just erupted. Yeah. And then when he won the U.S. US title, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, he won the U.S. title, I think, in uh, somewhere in the, in the Northwest. I forgot where, but it was the night after Spring Stampede, 98.
2: Okay. I mean, he held, he held that for until he won the WCW, and then he held both yeah. of them for a couple months.
1: No, for a couple of weeks, because then uh, they did a thing where Bret Hart won the U.S. title from DDP.
2: Oh. Oh, Triple Threat. Right. No. When did he the, drop it?
1: Goldberg vacated it so he could be the world champion. Which is fucked up. should triple okay. Be a but, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Honorable mentions time. When he won the world title from Triple H in Unforgiven 2003.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. I forgot about that.
1: What's funny about that is that 2003 was kind of the year where, like, they had to do, for some reason, a lot of the WWF pay-per-views, which it was always kind of like that even balance of, like, uh baby face and uh, baby face and heels go over but uh, like the baby faces you always had a, a better like feel good night with the baby faces going over mm-hmm. but like 2003 and i always counted it was always five heels go over three baby faces really yeah like i kept it i kept the count every pay-per-view right uh and like it was always weird because then like and always one of the baby faces that would go over would be the one that, uh, you know, one of the major matches. And then, like, because that was the same pay-per-view where it was Coach and Al Snow versus King and JR for the raw commentary duties. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, and then when they won that, it's just like, okay... or when Al Snow and Coach won that, it's just like, okay, this means Goldberg has to go over because there's no way they're going to keep the title on uh, Triple H when you pretty much just took out, like, the greatest commentary team of all time. But they were back soon after, right? They came back, like, a week later because they, like, they knew, I think, that that commentary team was going to fail. Oh, yeah.
0: And they were both heels, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want a heel commentary, too. Uh,
1: like, it was halfway through that first episode when Austin said, oh, yeah, it's going to be Coach versus JR next week. For the, like, the first hour hadn't even ended. <laughs> That's funny as fuck.
0: I did think Coach was kind of an underrated heel back then. He was better than people give him credit for. It. Again, his commentary sucked when he came back, but he was pretty good as
1: that heel and, character. And the, the heel commentator when uh like his heel commentary was a lot better than michael cole's but that's because coach wasn't supposed to be the voice of the company yeah all right you had because well, he was color yeah color commentary yeah exactly yeah i mean he had like that lead role with him and al snow on uh on heat but then like he would uh but al snow could also kind of carry like when they turn started turning Al more babyface they had uh, they had you know him just kind of lead it because Al could technically do both the color commentary and the uh, play by play yeah
0: and uh, I mean you, you couldn't replace J. Aaron King though
1: no not at all but all right so but getting back to Goldberg's world title win I think a lot of people were surprised that Triple H actually allowed this
0: Yeah I mean but I think this is also known as too too little too late too Cuz a lot of people thought he should have won the belt like when he first challenged for it right Yeah Okay cool Uh, uh <laughs> Clint do you remember when this happened? Uh
3: Suarez one. I'm forgiven. Are we talking about Hogan? Are we talking about Hogan? You guys went back and forth between Hogan and, and <laughs> then Survivor Series, but yeah, Survivor so Series I do remember when it happened. It was a good. I, I lo- loved the match. It was actually, I thought we were just doing like the top ten ma- matches, so that was actually number four on my list of of Goldberg and. Boulder top 10 matches on my list.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was a good... It was. I mean, the match wasn't great, but it was about time. He needed to win that title while he was there.
1: Yeah. Well, they couldn't do... Like, they couldn't do the change. Actually, here's the thing. They were going to do it at SummerSlam... But then uh, Triple H, you know, broke his it, broke cock. Uh, I don't know if <laughs> he just stepped on it with a stiletto or what. Uh, or mm-hmm. Sean gave it sweet uh, sweet ball music. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, so he, couldn't, so he couldn't really work. So they did the Elimination Chamber. And then that was awesome. But Goldberg should have went over there. He should have, but Hunter also basically said, if I'm putting him over, I gotta be healthy. Which makes sense to a point, but it's also just like, you're gonna bitch and want the belt back in about three months anyway, so uh like, it it was just it was stupid. I do yeah, he should have gone over at SummerSlam but, uh, also too, you know don't have such rough sex with Sean and your wife. But uh and then it won't break back. I
0: think you can have any kind of sex with your wife you want. And if you want to bang your butt you bang your buddy. This is an all inclusive podcast. Anybody can fuck whoever they want. Well yeah. Especially if it gets them ahead in their wrestling career.
1: Yes. Which is Triple
0: H's whole motto.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, I mean it was a good It was a good moment for him, and he deserved it. All right, the next honorable mention, we have versus
1: Sid at Mayhem 99. All right. So they had this feud. Sid was coming out as the Millennium Man, right? And Sid was actually interrupting matches. And then he had uh, Charles Robinson come out with him. He would interrupt matches. He would powerbomb the guy. Charles Robinson would do the count and then they would say all right Sid's like 80 and 0 or 95 and 0 he was trying to break goldberg's streak even though technically these were not matches he was he was he would come out and interrupt for an example he would come out and interrupt uh johnny swinger versus prince kayf <laughs> ok you know main event anywhere uh you know anywhere uh, WCW pro was airing but uh <laughs> like so he would come out and do that, and then you know him and Goldberg. They had this match at Halloween Havoc. Uh, Goldberg wins via referee stoppage, so they decided to do an eye quit match, and then Gold they beat the shit out of each other in that match. And Gold and Sid pretty much passed out again. But what was funny to me is the next night on Nitro, they teamed up against the Outsiders because Goldberg comes out. No, not for the tag titles. So, Goldberg comes out, and uh, nobody knew who he was going to team with. He said he had a partner. He gets, uh, as he's coming out from the backstage area, he goes, come on, killer, let's go. He comes out, and then Sid's walking behind him, and everybody thinks that Sid's going to, you know, you know, hit him from behind. And yeah. they do the double fist pound, and Shivani and and That was the last time Shivani and Heenan actually got excited about something. That is cool, though. Yeah. Like, they beat the shit out of each other at mayhem, and then the next night they're teaming. Sid was
0: always one of those guys that, justifiably, he was pretty awful in some spots. Yeah. But that also makes me like him a little bit. Like, we talk about how underrated Hoover was a lot. Yeah. And... I would not put Sid in the same boat whatsoever because wrestling ability-wise, he he always kind of sucked, to yeah. be honest with you. Well, and that's the thing, but he had a good look. He had a good look, and his promos were so fucking nuts and so Ultimate Warrior-ish to where you didn't know what the fuck he was saying. Him, Ultimate Warrior, and Scott Steiner in a promo battle would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Because it's just fucking jumbled shit that you don't know what the fuck he's saying. It's funny the couple times that people got him to say stupid shit on accident like when Kevin Nash got him to say that he's half the man that he is yeah and uh he's just he's a he's kind of an idiot but he's funny and I I like Sid there's just something about Sid that I enjoy and I do like watching him wrestle and him and Goldberg is a good mash of animals
1: yeah exactly and it Sid had no problem taking bumps uh and you know Goldberg was one of the like you guys that could actually throw Sid around and I remember they actually did a uh, they did a segment where actually Goldberg steamrolled Sid's car and Sid was actually leaving the building because like he he was happy you know he power bombed Goldberg and all that yeah and uh, he was so happy but then he came out and he found his car just like completely flatlined yeah
0: and he was flipping out I remember yeah. that all right Last, uh, last honorable mention before we get into the actual list. Uh, his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 33. Because I think that that is underrated on how good that actually was. I don't think anyone expected that to be as good as it was. The WrestleMania 20 match was so bad. And then they came back and they did the shit again. And it was second. Goldberg kept having his number, kept having his number. If you look at that build... And you look at the match at 33, the payoff and everything, and you look how everything worked out without the scope of this is Brock Lesnar and this is Goldberg and they are taking spots from young guys that deserve it more. Yeah. If you look at it like that and not as like, oh, these are two old guys hogging the spotlight and just look at it as a story and a buildup and a match. That story was told very fucking good. Goldberg having his number at the Rumble and having it at Survivor Series. And right. Like, he had his number, and then they got out. They both did, like, the greatest hits of their finishing moves. Fucking speared him through the guardrail. Fucking speared him through everything. And fucking Brock kept Suplex City in the f Like, that match was as good as it needed to be. And I thought it really worked. Did it, did it need the title, though? Maybe not needed the title, but I think... Because it it wasn't
1: supposed to be for the title. But it made it a spectacle still. Because it was supposed to. Owens and Jericho for the title was supposed to happen. Yeah,
0: but how underwhelming was that match?
1: It it was very underwhelming. And and the thing is, is that like, Goldberg is the one, because they wanted to set up Goldberg and Kevin Owens. And every time, like, at the beginning of his comeback, Goldberg pretty much said, if you put me in the title match, I have to go over. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense for me not to go over. I'm Goldberg, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And then they did the 22nd match where he beat Kevin Owens. Yeah. And then, like, they do this match with Brock. But then, like, seeing that 22nd match, it's just like, oh, my God, they're going to do this fucking bullshit. They didn't, though. No, and that's the thing. Is the, the match turned out to be very well or to be really well because Brock Lesnar actually gave it an effort. He really did. He really... Brock tried to make that match good. Yeah. That was better than
0: all of his shit with Roman that he's ever done.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. is, that, And a lot of people, I think, might... You know, because I've heard people do the comparison of, like, Roman and, and Goldberg. Yeah. But the thing is, is that with Roman... Roman's a lot better than Goldberg. Roman could... Wor- Roman can work, and he's gotten a lot better in his work. And he's got... He's a lot better talker. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better at
0: that, too. The only thing I don't like about that motherfucker is shut up when you're in the ring. I don't like people talking about the wrestling. It bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. And, I, and he does it so fucking much. He's gotten a little better with it, but especially at the beginning of that title run, it's like, shut the fuck up and wrestle. Like, I don't care. I know you're the tribal chief. I know you're the man. They need to fucking bow down and you're the king. But like, shut the fuck, save it for the promo. You don't need to talk in the fucking ring. I hate that. I don't, That's almost as much as a pet peeve as talking to the camera during your the theme music when you know nobody can fucking hear you.
1: Unless you're, unless you're
0: Mongo. Yeah, because you're so loud. Like, Cena's little salute, that works. But, like, fucking...
1: The whole WCW roster was stupid as fuck. I, and that's the thing. And, that like, I'll never get... And, and first of all, like... And the network dubbing has made it worse. Yes. Because Public Enemy's theme song is dubbed. Yes. All right. So, so when you Hogan's. had when you had Johnny Grunge talking to the camera during the entrance, they had to block out the and they have to like the entrance music blocks out him talking, so you can't hear him. Yeah. They do the same thing to Hogan. Yeah, because they can't play Jimmy. Right. So it's just
0: like, Oh my God. Yeah. But I mean that's just a little aside. But I thought this match was a lot better than uh, people gave it credit for. What do you think, Clemson?
3: Uh, I
2: didn't.
3: The WrestleMania, I, you know, I liked it better, but I think it had more meaning because I had to be in makeup From the letdown for WrestleMania 20. And the reason I say that is because WrestleMania 20 was supposed to be the biggest thing out there: Raw, SmackDown, Big Star, Goldberg, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. These two hated each other. But the fact knowing, I guess, knowing that they was out the door once the match was in, made the match less, less, once the news broke out, that they was leaving right after the match was over. Which why they got booed out of the building.
1: You know we're talking about the one from 33, right?
3: Huh?
1: You know we're talking about the match from 33, right? Not the not the one yes, from 20.
3: I was trying to, I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. <laughs> I'm getting to that point. I know that. We're, I think we're gonna have to I get a knockdown for Clintus and Doug. That's
0: <laughs> me and Eric kind of. <laughs> I'm
3: kind of getting to the point. Out. I know that. I say this had to be a makeup. It was a makeup. The 30, 33 was a makeup in WrestleMania 20. It had to be he a did
0: makeup.
3: Say that. And, <laughs> yeah, he did say that.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Someone got waxed in between their ears.
1: Cleaning. Actually, I do. Uh,
0: <laughs> you do have bad ear Yeah. Uh oh, God. We gotta get you one of those candles that we're
1: talking. I was just gonna say like we keep talking about it but we're just getting lazy.
0: Uh it did
1: wonders on me. But
0: uh yeah, i think I ag- I totally agree with you though, Kenneth. Uh this was the perfect makeup. And they did make up because that WrestleMania twenty match was so so bad and people and it's not even like it was bad because of the guys it's like the fans fucking hated them because that was around the internet they 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 knew they were leaving yeah because the internet was a thing by then and they read all the leaks and they and they knew that both guys were leaving and they're like fuck you guys and that was one of my favorite WrestleManias yeah but that match and I was so in that match
1: was one of the most anticipated you know that was the first Wrestlemania to go five hours that went five hours yeah Twenty? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a special was only not five hours? WrestleMania twenty. Was not was four. Five hours. It was between it was between four and a half and five.
0: Really? Yes. They had some
1: quick matches on there too though. Wow. Well don't forget uh the triple threat went almost uh, went over a half hour. Yeah. Uh Eddie and Kurt I think went about twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it checks out. But, like, I felt like those tag
0: matches were way too quick for...
1: They were, because also, too, remember, they did the, the segment with uh, the Hall of Fame? Yeah, they did. that a... always takes about five to ten. Yeah, they had a lot of shit. Because that's when, uh... Because, like, they didn't just do, like, the roll call that they, they do now. They had Gene come out and basically give, like, a a speech about every, about every inductee. Uh... Yeah, it went about five hours. I remember, you know, because we ordered it. Yeah.
0: All right, let's get into the list. At number 10, we have his debut, of course, against Hugh Morris. Yeah. Quick squash, and the world gets introduced to Goldberg.
1: Yeah, which, by the way, that episode of Nitro was like a, a night of upsets anyway. Really? And then, like... Yeah, because you know Disco Inferno won the TV title that night. Oh yeah, uh, that is an upset. And so they do this match, and Hugh Moore's really wasn't getting pushed anyway. But they had him come out, and then my favorite part of the match is at the end when Goldberg is trying, when Gene is trying to interview Goldberg, and Goldberg just blows past him. Yeah, and it's and Gene's just like well. Gene got pissed, and it's like, who the fuck wants to talk to you now, anyway? Yeah. Uh, But it was actually, like, you could tell that he was green, but you could tell that they really wanted, that they really were going to do something with him, because, like, if he was just going to be, like, another one of those run-of-the-mill guys, his, like, Debut opponent would have been somebody like Dave Taylor or Mike Enos or somebody like that, or Jerry Flynn. Yeah. But this is Hugh Morris who had been working pay-per-views. Yeah. He had some matches. Yeah. He had some matches under his belt. He had been work like I said, been working pay-per-views. And he was a big man. So just seeing
0: this guy come in, beat him up real quick, and then lift him up for the jackhammer. It was yeah. kind of awe-inspiring.
1: Yeah. it was. It was fun to watch. And... Goldberg is one of those Goldberg was one of those guys. By the way, his original name was gonna be Bill Gold. Bill Gold? Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. And Conrad asked the Bishop about that and uh he's like, Were you really gonna go with Bill Gold? He goes, I'm sure somebody thought of the idea, but luckily I found out about it before.
0: <laughs> no, that wouldn't have worked. Enough. No. Uh, Not at all. What What do you think of his debut, Eric?
2: I don't. I thought it was pretty good because he he went over obviously because he went. I thought he um looked like a um monster. And he he did what he needed to do and got the job done.
1: Right and. That's the thing, too, is that, like, exactly, he did what he needed to do. It didn't have to be flashy. It just had to tell the appropriate story, which was okay, we got this new guy, and he's going over somebody that, you know, is upper mid card.
0: Yeah. I mean,. And at the time, it's not like it meant much, right? I mean, not that it didn't mean much. It's his debut, so it's a big deal. But it's like the fans don't know what he's going to be yet. Yeah. No one understands yet. But, so obviously, he becomes the fucking man eventually. You know, with time.
2: Exactly. Like, he, they did build him up good up until um, he won the world title. That build from... When he debuted, to and then they slowly build him to uh, win the world title.
1: Yeah, and also too, and a lot of people don't realize this, and I only realized this the other day because the math kind of checks out. But from like right before Halloween Havoc '97 up until uh, until like right before Starcade, he was hurt. Yeah. Like he actually had an injury to where like his matches, uh, like a lot of his matches were, if he was scheduled, they were only about a minute to two minutes long, which ended up being the gimmick for him anyway.
0: Well, yeah, but honestly, no. and yes, he was hurt, and that that is true.
1: I mean, it was just a minor injury, like it was. But he also worked. He couldn't work though. Yeah,
0: he wasn't good.
1: Well, I, I'm just saying is that like 'cause I noticed it because there was a match he did with Wrath on a Nitro that was like ten seconds. Yeah. It was a spear and a jackhammer and that was it. And Wrath was technically still getting pushed. It was with Mortis at the time. Then the next week he does a no contest with uh with Disco Inferno. Uh how? Well, Alex Wright jumped him before the match. Oh, okay. And then, so the match didn't even start, but he was still able to spear and jackhammer disco. But then Mongo came out
2: and
1: it ended in a big brawl. And Halloween Havoc, he was supposed to work main. But they canceled the match and they put Jericho and Ghetto on instead.
0: Yeah. But this was a legitimate star that they had built up. Yeah. And uh, he, like, he does, he... I feel like people give Goldberg a bad rap. And, like, even when I just said he's – We just talk about J.J. Dillon doing it. Yeah, and even, like, when I just said he's not good, that's not necessarily true. No, he's not Dean Malenko. But everybody kind of has their place, and he did captivate the audience. He was very entertaining, and he had this electricity about him that could not be matched. So Bill Goldberg was good. In, in areas like that. Is he a technician? No, but he never needed to be. Whenever The only time that anyone ever really saw through Bill is when you tried to get him to do the long matches because that wasn't his thing. Right. And he, he had exactly. had a couple good ones, and, which and, we will
1: get to on this list. A long match against a, a wrestler yeah. that was trying to wrestle him. Yeah. Which, by the way, like that whole thing. Are you talking about Will? Yeah. Yeah, William Regal. Yeah, yeah. But, That's not on the list. Well, it's not on the list. <laughs> But the match was supposed to be him and Eddie Guerrero. But that
0: was also, like, I love William Regal a lot, and I don't want to, like, be the one to say this, but he did kind of go into business. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, well, like, he just kind of, like, you didn't, like, I know they told you to put on a technical match with the guy. Well, they, what...
1: they told, his, his deal was, his side of the story is, they told me six minutes. And even though he was, he was done after three, if you tell me six minutes, We're going six minutes. Well, yeah, but you could also have
0: him punch you in the face for six minutes. Yeah. And have him throw you into shit and fucking, like, you don't have to do knee bars and fucking, like, toe holds and shit like that. Well,
1: and also, too, like I just said, Eddie Guerrero was supposed to be the opponent that night. But Eddie Guerrero pretty much went to Bischoff and said, I live in El Paso. My family lives here. I'm not doing a three-minute job for this guy. (laughs) Fuck that.
0: There you go, Eddie. Uh,
1: well, you can't yeah. blame
0: him. No, you can't. So, William, but when he would do longer matches, even in his later career, like for WWE, because they tried to do that. And it worked in some degrees, and then it didn't work in others, like the yeah. Triple H stuff. And But I, I mean, I like Goldberg, and I think he's kind of, not underrated, but I think that people don't give him enough respect for what he actually did. Yes, he was a green guy that kind of got thrown in, but he also, like, he fucking... He made a lot of money for a company in that yeah. year. Like 98, they made, what, $45 million or something like that?
1: It's around there, yeah.
0: That's a pretty good profit. So, you know, Goldberg's the fucking, he's the man more than people think. But since we started with his debut, we might as well go right to his, go ahead, Eric.
2: So I was going to say, I like Goldberg too. I was just sitting on him the last couple of years because he was not, because he was, um, you huh. Taking time
1: away from Dang O'Brien, yeah. and you wanted more Dang O'Brien in your life. Well, and no, sorry. that's
0: not. We know. We all know it's not true, Eric. We know he's a schmuck. Everybody gets it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, but I was just saying on his last couple years that he, he uh, recently, recent, which is fair, years.
0: and he did take a lot of uh, uh time from. Big guys like they could have been pushing Finn Balor in those years and other stuff and other people, but you also got to think. And I think it was JBL that said this, even though it's fucked up to quote him, but he's right. The other guys aren't drawing. Yeah. Numbers do spike when Goldberg shows up.
3: Okay. Numbers
0: spike when Brock shows up. Numbers spike when uh, Austin shows up for a spot. or like They don't spike for Finn Balor in the main event. They don't spike for Daniel Bryan in the main event. I'm sorry. I love him, too. And I agree. And besides the fan base, that's fine. And the fan base loves it, and they want the the young guys to be utilized. But when the older stars show up, if Undertaker will show up and do a little memorial thing or a tribute in the main event of Raw, you're going to get a rating spike that you're not going to get with the young guys. You're going to get more ticket sales. You're going to, like... It is a business. Even John Cena. Cena. That's all a business. They're doing that with Cena tonight. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah, Because he'd exactly. rather than make new stars and make Daniel Bryan a star. and make Because Daniel Bryan did get kind of made a star a bit. But he also, like, he wasn't a huge draw.
1: He didn't bring a lot of casual fans in. So I'm assuming that Eric's issue, which I do kind but of agree with. he didn't
0: even say he had an issue, by the way.
1: So let's mm. not go hard. Yeah. Well, what I'm, what I'm assuming is that, like, the whole, when he challenged Bobby Lashley for the title. Yeah, but that match was actually yeah. not bad. It, it was good. Now, I, and But I can understand, you know, somebody being like, oh, you know, Goldberg shouldn't be getting that. Well, first of all, we knew Goldberg wasn't going to win. Yes. All right. Well, we hoped. <laughs> we didn't know what he would say or whatever. But Lashley is kind of like Goldberg type, Goldberg-like to where, Goldberg would have no problem putting the guy over. Well, and Lashley has been badly booked for so long st- that you really didn't know.
0: Yeah. They could have had him drop the belt to Goldberg.
1: Why not? I mean, he did have to do a job for Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so... But the title was already off him by then.
0: Yeah, so people that like... He's, they've always fucked with Lashley, so it's a little different. But... And I agree with Eric. Cause some of the, like, when Goldberg was doing the shit with Brock, I was one of the fans. I was like, this is fucking, oh, my God. This is so much. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think he's had some, and I think him jobbing the Roman was pretty necessary for Roman's It reign. was
1: necessary. The one thing I do not agree with that they had him do was when he, and again, he was the one that pretty much said, I can't lose to this guy. Was it was when necessary? he beat, no, when he beat uh, The Fiend. Yes unnecessary,
0: but you got to win a couple, you know, not the title. I agree, but like
1: he's done his job too. We got to say that he's put guys over at that point. I think he, he put over like Brock, I think was the only guy he had put over at that point.
0: Yeah. So I understand the criticism at the point now he's kind of put those guys over and
1: yeah, no, when he put over like McIntyre and Lashley and Roman it's like okay, he's he's doing his job now.
0: Yes. Who won w- with him versus Undertaker? Did he win?
1: No, Undertaker won. Yeah. That's when he almost bro- when he almost broke Undertaker's ne- or Undertaker almost broke his neck.
0: Yeah, that was still the worst thing ever.
1: So why is it on the list?
0: It's not. Uh, number nine. Since we started with his. Uh, Who
3: made this list? Anyone.
0: Anyway. With a little bit of help. I think the list is going to be good. <laughs> uh, we're only at number nine. Don't judge me yet. Uh, start well. Actually, yeah, I, I probably deserve to get judged on this one because this is when the streak ends. But it was such a whole high profile thing. I have 1998 Starcade when he lost to Kevin Nash. Just because, to me, that is an important moment, and it is an important, and it might be the end of the, sh- but the end of the streak was important. Yeah, and that event was really good. Net match was better than people remember. Should it have been Nash? Though?
1: No. It should have never been Nash. I will right, well, of course it shouldn't have been Nash. All right. No. Well, and who I think it should have been was Scott Steiner. It should have been Scott. Yeah. Cuz they they weren't really creating new stars yet. Yeah. Steiner was kind of the last one. Steiner was it like and it would have put him like over over the top. Yeah, and then he could have bragged about it for weeks. Yeah, like the
0: fact that they went from this to finger poke is what really fucked them and ruined the company. Yeah, but the this match in its own right and the streak ending in a heel way with the cattle prod shit, yeah. it did make sense to me and I didn't like I wasn't outraged by it, like a lot of other people were because everything's gonna end. It sucks that his heat kind of died and he never really recovered from it, but everything's gotta end at some point.
1: And Kevin Nash was a high profile name. Right, exactly. Nash was a high profile name. It also helped that he was getting ready to get the head Booker job. Yeah. Uh, but like the whole thing. My only thing is, like, it it could have worked if Nash
0: won and then kept the title and had a run, and the title meant something. But the fact that Nash beat him just to do the finger poke and drop it to Hogan, which I'm pretty sure was
1: Hogan's idea. I'm sure it was Hogan's idea. Because Nash, the good businessman that he is, and I'm using air quotes for anybody that can't see me, there's no way he would agree to this unless pretty much Hulk, unless pretty much Hulk went up to him and said, "Look, I'm using my creative control. I'm winning the title. If you don't like it, fuck off." Because there is no way that Nash would have been okay with the whole thing. I, well, Hogan probably wanted to go over and Nash is just like, okay, if you have to, if if I have to put you over, we're going to do it like this. So Nash figured he's like, all right, I'm going to get, and, you know, they're going to basically kill my momentum. So I'm going to kill the fucking company.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I've heard Nash talk about it and I know that their idea, it was supposed to be like, ooh, the NWO is really
1: bad. And like, oh, this is going to be a jolt that we need. And you're building a heel machine for Goldberg to take out. But yeah. the, and then he's like, but then Goldberg got hurt. Goldberg got hurt him a year later, you dickhead. Yeah. Like you're you're talking about when he smashed the limousine, uh, and severed his arm. All right, finger poke of Doom was in uh, January. Goldberg severed his arm in December. Yeah. You fucked it up for eleven months.
0: Yeah. It, it was even like. Goldberg, like And I understand having the heel machine for Goldberg to work against, but it just – it didn't feel right. It felt like it felt like a bunch of guys past their prime, jerking each other off, just having fun,
1: collecting money. With most of them, that's what they were doing.
0: Yeah, but that's what it really felt like. It. All the NWO shit, and even – I like Bischoff pandering the whole – like all that stuff always worked for me, and I thought it was great. This was the one time where I was like, all right, this is like – these guys are just – having fun and they don't give a fuck about anything they, they don't want to bring any sort of quality to the table they just want to have a good time and it's not even in a fun well,
1: way because even like at this point scott hall was pretty much done because he was realizing that his that his uh wife was getting a brain in her head and realized that he could do better yeah which
0: you know of course r.i.p scott I don't yeah wanna, but yes it's
1: very sad uh yeah definitely when you say r i p to somebody when you pretty much say that their- that their wife got a brain it's <laughs> because we him. love
0: Scott Hall on this show, yeah, so yeah. I, and you love Scott Hall, so I don't want anyone to get no, the wrong i i I do perception. love Scott Hall, yes, he was a handful to deal with back then, just like Sean was, but we also weren't there, we don't know everything, so uh it's hard to really speculate, oh, I don't know shit, <laughs> all you know for sure is that Sean and Triple H had sex at some point. <laughs> I want to go through each episode and get like a count on how many times you said something like that.
3: <laughs> what
0: the fuck count, yeah, uh, it's got to be once an episode for
1: sure. I was just gonna say every time, time
0: Shawn Michaels comes up, so does Triple H. We, e we've, D- we've been,
1: we've been, wow. Uh, and they're getting old too, so it might not, <laughs> you know, it might not get up as. Bad. I think he just
2: sits on Shawn Michaels because he knows I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan
1: not not really i mean it, it helps it, it helps my creative process knowing that eric is a huge fan of sean michaels but
2: it's more just i mean it seems like that to me
1: i was well i was also never a sean michaels fan that's fair. that's
2: fair
1: so and i think sean michaels was a fucking asshole in the in the attitude era uh you just being a fan of sean michaels it's just a bonus. Right. Uh, so, no, it is, it is not personal. Uh, even though I feel I, like
0: it half is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I know you've never... I just, like
1: have, it, I just had to call you out on that, shit. Sorry. You
0: never shit on him like you did when you came down here to PA. I don't remember it. Unless you just weren't talking to me about it. But we've talked wrestling our whole lives, and I don't remember that. show. I much.
1: think I go, I go harder on him during the show... Just because no, but like even when you moved here, and became friends with Eric, I that's what I started hearing you say I fucking
0: hate Shawn Michaels.
1: And you started going off. Well, with. not even uh, not. Uh, it had to do with more of like uh, being on the show and knowing that there's a Shawn Michaels fan here, but also the fact that you know I don't shit on Steve Austin.
0: That's
1: true, right? And he's a Steve Austin. Well, fan. you have a couple. That's stuff. true. For stuff he's
0: probably deserved.
1: Well, for like you know for beating uh, for beating his. Uh, Beating his ex-wife and all that, I I shit on him. Yes, yeah. yeah. uh, which is fair, and that's right for
2: it, so. You feel you know, I, I,
1: I I shit on Sean Michaels for doing something that we don't actually know that he does. It's just it's been a running joke between Jim Cornette and anybody <laughs> that still talks to Cornette for the last twenty-five years. Uh so it, it's just more. I don't like Shawn Michaels. Or, well, I, I don't like the, uh, who Shawn Michaels was in the Attitude Era. I'll praise the stuff he's done past the Attitude Era, but yes, it is an added bonus, knowing that I have Eric on the show, and Eric is just such a nice guy and doesn't have a violent bone in his body, which I'm still trying to test. Uh, I don't know. I think Eric hasn't <laughs> offered the amount of money to text out those
3: violent bones yet. You, you need to see the green, that's all. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, So, but I. What number are we? (laughs) I believe
0: we are on. Now we are number seven, and we had the May fourteenth edition of Raw versus Christian in a cage match. Christian Cage in a cage.
1: Oh, it would be number eight, by the way.
0: That's fine. Talk about
1: the match. All right. So the whole thing was. Christian was kind of Rock's protege. protege. And uh, Goldberg beats Rock at Backlash. Christian wrestles him the next night on Raw, or is supposed to wrestle him. Uh, It ends up being a non-match. And then uh, the next week, Austin comes out and says, "Okay, Christian, you're going to wrestle Goldberg in a cage."
0: And this is like peak heel. Like I don't know why Vince didn't see anything in him because this is like the best version of Christian. Yeah, this is true. when he's getting really
1: good. Well, this and is, he goes to TNA. This and... is right before he won the uh, right before he won the Intercontinental Title.
0: Yeah. So he was like right there on the precipice.
1: Yeah.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I didn't know exactly what you mean. Well, he was on the concept.
0: And uh I thought this match was a good monster heel or monster baby face versus fucking chicken shit heel.
1: Yeah. And exactly. I, I thought
0: it really worked in that regard to be honest with you. Yeah. So do you guys got anything on that or you we'll want move on? Oh, still uh,
3: uh no. I, just, I, just, I, just, I just And I enjoyed it. I think it was one of those I, it's nothing like I watched uh, Christian beat up in a steel cage. I think that was when he was, like, full on anti heel. didn't want to face Goldberg, so what's the better way to do it? Lock him in a steel cage? And that really put the meaning of what a steel cage can do so then people are running away from you. Yep. Exactly.
2: Absolutely.
3: Uh,
0: all right. Number 7 now, Doug? Yeah. The US title match versus Raven on 420
1: 1998. Yeah, uh which I'm pretty sure I don't think it was in Denver, but I'm pretty sure it was in Colorado Springs. So it just made, you know, sense. And Raven had just won the title and he drops it the next night to Goldberg and this is really like you knew they were serious about pushing this guy when uh when they give him when they pretty much only let raven have like a one-day reign with the belt yeah
0: the raven's awesome
3: yeah but
0: and this was a lot of fun i love zabisco's commentary i love him taking out the whole flock i thought it all worked astronomically
1: yeah it did well it, it did because they needed him to get over as strong as possible and he's beating up guys that technically had just debuted, like Horace Hogan debuted the night before, and then the night after he's getting his ass kicked by Goldberg. Yes. So I, it was just it was a lot of
0: fun, him fucking throwing people in and out of the ring. It was one of the best Goldberg moments for me. Yeah. So that's why I I, I love that this is on the list. Anybody else?
3: Uh, I didn't see this match. No. so I don't remember much of it.
0: Okay, all right. Well, let's. I um, I know you know this, so we'll, we'll throw it to you first. For number six, his WWE Raw debut for the first time when he came out and squashed The Rock's music thing, right? Uh the Rock celebration or whatever. Yeah, the Rock celebration. The night yeah, after. Rock yeah, Rock concert. Yeah. Yeah. The night
3: after WrestleMania,
0: how how hot was this, Curtis? Oh, going
3: hot. Cause nobody 'cause cause tell you the truth, nobody really thought saw it coming. I didn't think Goldberg was gonna show up. I think after the whole ev- the invasion the s the WCW I don't I I don't never think I saw Goldberg into WWE ring and not only did he show up, but then he's gonna start his first match against one of the top guys that's just in the rock itself. Yep. Austin just retired. So I don't get my dream match with Austin in Goldberg, what I do get to see also Goldberg Rock, which was beautiful. How he just snatched him back and told him to he was next, and jackhammered him, speared him right there.
2: I have a question for you guys. Okay. Do you think Goldberg should have been part of the invasion? If they could have got him, yeah. Yeah. You, you think it would have been would have uh, made the storyline better or the um, outcome? Cause I thought a I actually of those, thought it would. I actually guys, liked it, but
1: a lot of those guys. That I know a, a lot that. of people.
2: Go ahead, Eric. No, I was gonna say I know a lot of people um shit on it, but I actually like the storyline and stuff. So, and a lot of the guys that you
1: know were part of the uh that weren't part of the invasion like if they would have been part of it then yeah it would have been so much better but unfortunately a lot of them took the buyout.
0: Well yeah and that's the thing because they blame the invade it's not really Vince's fault because he had to strike right away while it was still a little hot even though it really even wasn't anymore so I would have waited for everybody but still uh, they they felt like they had to do something. It was time for an invasion type uh, angle, and they also felt like it was time yeah. to like branch it out. Like they wanted WCW to be its own show and shit.
1: Well, so yeah, they, they, were, they wanted
0: that to be like a SmackDown.
1: Yeah, they were going to have it be its own show, but the problem is they needed to keep everything on. Uh, you know, on TNT and TBS.
0: But you, they also, like, WWE tried, it felt like, especially like like, documentaries and stuff, to be like, well, these guys wouldn't come. Listen, if I have a contract that says you are going to pay me this amount of money that's going to support my family and I get to sit at home, sort of fucking do it. Yeah. Like, it's like they they got these contracts. They took the buyouts. or They didn't take the buyouts the money, uh, like they couldn't wrestle. They would lose the money. Yeah. Booker did it. DDP did it. Good for you guys. Very commendable. Great guys. And it still seems to work out. They both seem to be doing well financially. So that's awesome. But I don't blame Luger, Goldberg, Steiner. I don't blame any of those fucking guys for saying, no, I'm going to sit at home and collect this money that I'm just getting just to do it. And I'm going to spend some time with my family. I don't blame anyone for that. Right. And that's
1: pretty much because... Flayer, none of them. I don't blame anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much because they had to, because uh, it was either okay, take this money that would, because Turner guaranteed these guys a lot of money. Yes, he did. And if they would have come in, and I'm sure Vince would have paid them whatever. Yeah. But also, too, they needed that uh, the, the Turner TV time slots, but. Uh, Jamie Kellner who was an executive for Turner at the time pretty much said he's like no wrestling is done on Turner we're done with you fucking people and it's just like well no we, we need this for Rex keep us on until we can find somewhere else no you're done we're not going to let you find anywhere else I don't want you fucking people here he's actually the one credited for killing WCW like if they would have just had like a few extra weeks of TV they would have found something but he was one of those, it's like one of those people that, uh, you know, that gets tired of having the relatives over is like, get the fuck out of my house. Oh, we have nowhere else to go. I don't care. Get out of my house before I pull out my gun and just shoot you fucking people. Yeah. I mean, not that we would ever do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I
0: agree. Yeah. Uh You ready for the next one on the list? Yeah. Uh versus Sting, September 14th, nineteen ninety eight, an episode of
1: Nitro. Okay. So this one was this one was funny 'cause this was the same episode of Nitro where Flair returned. Uh oh. And then they do this main event, it's like the first uh, first time ever, which was weird that they did this, because Sting participated in the War Games match the night before to get the shot at Goldberg at uh, at Halloween Havoc, and they advertised this over the weekend, like the weekend before. And they advertised it at Fall World saying, well, Sting gets the title shot tomorrow night anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean... So we never got it. No, we haven't. Yes. Obviously, this shouldn't have happened on the Nitro. Yeah. This is probably the biggest thing you could ever build to. Like, this could have been a start. Oh, they already
1: did it at a house show. Yeah. They did it at a house show in June.
0: Ridiculous. But it's ridiculous because, like, and Nitro was so hot and the ratings were so good, but they could have made so much fucking money if they wouldn't have burned through all their matches on Nitro. Yeah. If they could have just built and built and built, and then you do Star, Starcade, and you do Sting and Goldberg. How
1: huge is that? It, it should have been saved for, like, a Starcade, or, well, Bischoff would have saved it for a Halloween Havoc, because he felt like Halloween Havoc was their biggest pay-per-view.
3: Yeah. Which is stupid, but good for him. Uh, yeah.
1: But, uh, this match was really good. It was, a good it, it was really good, and it's one of those matches that, like, yeah, Hogan interfered at the end, because it looked like Sting was going to beat him. Uh, but, uh, like, you know, Sting wasn't the guy to beat him. No. Because a lot of people think, and Jim Ross was one of them, that Sting had kind of cooled off by then. But, no, I thought it was a... Uh, I thought it was a really good match.
2: I don't remember the match, but that's one of the nights I'll go back and watch. Yeah,
0: I I thought it it was one of Goldberg's best for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, now let's do the last things from his WWE run. This is Bad Blood 2003 versus Chris Jericho, where we finally got the payoff to the feud that Jericho wanted in WCW. Yeah,
1: which Goldberg had no interest in doing. He never wanted
0: to do it. This is after they got into a fight backstage, too, right? Or is it before?
1: They got into a fight backstage in WWE? Yeah. I think that... Jericho
0: fucked him up. You remember? You don't remember that? He's known for getting the better of Goldberg backstage. During his yeah, I think interview.
1: this was after that because they had the issue, and then Vince was like, "All right, we'll put it on pay-per-view." Okay,
0: but it, it worked, and this was fun. It was a good chicken shit heel. I liked all the stuff. I like the, Jerick... the stuff
1: leading up to it was fucking gold. Oh yeah,
0: the highlight reel when he brought Rock on and asked him if the spear hurt and stuff like that. Like the build up was amazing. I like his chicken shit stuff with Christian, and he was a perfect heel to go to get an actual match out of Goldberg. He's the guy. Yeah. He's one of the guys that you go to if you really want to get a wrestling match at Bill Goldberg.
3: So they're worked. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So uh Clintus, what do you think of that? I I like this. That was, uh, if I was giving it a rating, I would give it like a 6 out of 10. Yeah. That was good. And again, I wasn't a big fan of the whole Jericho-Goldberg thing on WCW anyway. to really understand what was a big point of the payoff of it going into WWE. So, yeah, that's where I stand on it.
0: Okay. All right. Now, number three. We're gonna to go to Fall Brawl 2000 and his match against Scott Steiner. Probably one of the better things to come out of 2003
1: or 2000.
0: Yes, 2000. All
1: right. It
0: is probably the best thing to come out of the year 2000.
1: Oh yeah, WCW. Why? Yeah. Probably or not even probably. It's like duh.
3: So what was your thoughts about
1: it? So I personally. Uh, by the way, the Fall Brawl pay per view that year was in Buffalo. But one of the more uh, one of the more memorable things about that pay per view was Gary Coleman coming out with with Mike Awesome. But like this match here, because this was the moment Scott Steiner should have gotten to end the undefeated streak.
2: Goldberg put Steiner over.
1: Yeah. And so Steiner
2: ended the streak.
1: And this is a No, so, he didn't he didn't end the streak. Oh, okay.
0: No, the streak was ended 2 years before by Kevin Nash, remember?
3: Uh
2: Oh, yeah, it's great. It's the guy that. Yeah. So So yeah.
0: That's the way that went down. But this was this worked and I like the black face mask uh that uh Steiner wore.
1: Well, because I think he was actually protecting a broken orbital bone.
0: Yeah, and it just worked. He, he was a perfect heel. Uh, or was he the baby in this?
1: No, like he was definitely the heel. He was that out of control, I'm going to fucking kill you, yeah. like uh, like crazy, like serial killer type. Steiner? Yeah. Yeah. And I, not he necessarily would have the like crazy, um, crazy serial killer, but like... He wasn't the big bad booty daddy
0: as, as he was.
1: He was... A little bit because he had Medeja with him. Yeah. Uh, And one of the things that was fucked up that actually led to this whole thing was Goldberg actually jackhammered Medeja through a table. That's crazy. Now, they didn't show it on TV because they weren't allowed to. But... But he did. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, the match is good. Yeah. All right. Number, Number two. So
1: Halloween Havoc 1998 against PDP. One of his best matches. Okay?
3: Was because
1: E.P. was able to get him to work. And by the way, this match never even necessarily made it on the actual pay-per-view because that's when they they cut yeah. the feed. Poor fuckers. They just couldn't win sometimes.
0: And that well, was a huge blow, though.
1: Well, you know you what? what happen-
3: the did it again on, on Nitro the following night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's exactly what happened. They booked 11 matches for this pay-per-view, right? And each match was going to be between like five to seven minutes, if not longer. Because you need to have Saturn versus Lodi on on the pay-per-view. Like, you cannot do a pay-per-view without Saturn and Lodi. Yeah. And Alex Wright and Fit Finley, because Davey Boy Smith was like, fuck it, my back hurts, I'm not working. Yeah. Uh, but you need those, right? You need them. So, and you need Disco Inferno to work twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, they ran out of time. Well, what happened was they were scheduled to go, they were going to go to 1130. Yeah. The problem is, they didn't tell the majority of the cable operators. Yeah. They, so they didn't know. So at 11 o'clock, when it's time to cut the feed, because what happens is at 11 o'clock, like if you're only scheduled, if you're on the schedule to go till 11 o'clock, they don't overrun like yeah. the TV networks do.
0: Yeah.
1: They fucking blow the transformer and you're done.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's what they did. And nobody could figure out why until the next day when Bischoff found out that nobody said anything to the cable company said that they were going <laughs> 1130. Yeah. Wouldn't that be on your to-do list? You would think so. You're prepping this thing for... Isn't
2: that Eric Bischoff's job?
3: Who knows whose
2: job it
1: I, is? I have no idea whose job it is. I mean, Hogan was still here at the time, so, you know... He was probably too busy, you know, giving the uh, Hogan's cock a, a good old rub, uh. So you know, he couldn't necessarily, you know, take time off of doing that because he probably he's probably just like Hulk. I I got to stop for a few minutes. One, my carpal tunnel's acting up, and two, I got to make sure there's a, that doesn't work for me, brother. Keep rubbing. Yeah. I mean, Hogan's one of the reasons why WCW died anyway.
0: Yes, he is. But he's also another one of the reasons it thrived.
1: You think so? Who are you saying you think so to? You or me? You. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely think Hogan is.
3: I think he's
2: part of it.
0: He's also the reason they did so good during that hot period. So you can't really... His unwillingness yeah, right, right. In, in certain areas, and it's not me, bro. It's not. Uh, it doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me, bro. I, I, you can't put the whole thing on Hogan. No, you can't. I agree with you. You can't put the whole thing on Hogan. It was so many other people and so many cooks in the kitchen, and an idea that was kind of fading away with the NWO. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it faded away when you had fifty people join the fucking thing.
0: Yeah. So it just there was a lot of factors besides Hogan but I, I do agree he probably played a little part in it
1: yeah but no the match with DDP like if you actually got to watch the match the match was it's really fucking good fucking amazing yeah.
0: yeah can you imagine sitting down now for a main event of like a UFC fight or a WWE pay-per-view and it fucking cuts out
1: Dana White would have the would have the cable company or es the people at ESPN plus killed it.
0: yeah but this match the match itself was done really well yeah But, uh, all right, let's get into the last one. Versus Hollywood Hogan, July 6, 1998. Let's finish up here. We don't want to bore my mother too much.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, <coughs> but, uh, Hollywood Hogan, this was probably the biggest moment in Goldberg's career. And it, it really meant a lot for him. Three
1: uh, On three days' notice, they put 40,000 people in that dome.
0: Yeah, that's fucking crazy. And, like, They've had so many pay-per-views. They've had Starcade and Tony Schiavone's like this was our WrestleMania. Yeah. And he's right. Like it was so there were so many fucking people. It was so loud. He had such a roar like Eric said earlier, the roar when he came out on the stage. It was just fucking amazing.
2: And it was so it was so fun. He still really. goosebumps. I get goosebumps just watching that. Uh.
1: Well, <laughs> you got to remember too he lived in Atlanta. He used to play for the Falcons. So and he lived there. Yeah, He grew up there, therefore this was a big moment for him. Exactly. And he wrestled Scott it Hall 25. earlier in the night. He wrestled Scott Hall earlier in the night. Then he wrestled Hogan. And it's just like, okay, you beat these two guys. This is what they need. That's what he needed. Nope. And the fact that Hogan was able to that Hogan was willing to put him over. I was like, to be honest with you, I was a little astonished.
3: Hollywood Hogan uh,
0: put him over and he actually made somebody look good for once. And he did the job. He, he made Goldberg look good. And the roar, when he finally hit that spear and hit that jackhammer
1: Yeah. and he made something happen. And go, uh, and Bobby Heenan was just like, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you.
0: And it was so nice to see the belt on somebody else but Hogan. Yeah. And the run after was cool for how long that lasted. How much was the title rate?
1: Uh, five months. So there
0: you go. And it just – it was electric. It was explosive and three days. They announced that match on Thunder. He didn't even know about it. He saw it on TV like everyone else.
1: Oh, yeah, because he didn't have to – all right, so for anybody that doesn't know, uh Thunder, like starting in like uh like eight or like uh June, July, whatever it was, not a lot of the big stars everybody had to be at Nitro, because mm-hmm. Nitro was the big show. They started uh doing it to where if you did not want to work Thunder, you did not have to. Yeah. Because Thunder was only two hours, you only needed like eight matches. So a lot of guys, like Hogan didn't work Thunder that week. Sting didn't work it. Lug- no, Luger worked it. Uh, Luger worked a giant that night. Uh, Nash didn't work it. Uh, Goldberg, obviously, he didn't have to work it. Yeah. Uh, Page wasn't there. So a lot of those guys didn't have to be there. So they're just sitting there watching, and when J.J. Dillon makes the announcement, it's going to be Hogan versus Goldberg. It's like, eh? Like, and Goldberg was doing the same thing. He's just like Hogan and I are going at it at the Georgia Dome, and then they called him and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're going to be our champion." Yeah. What? Like, you sure? And they were they
2: were sure. It paid off for a little, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah. But and that's the funny thing. And getting back to when Nash beat him, you had to beat him eventually. He wasn't going to be champion for like six, seven years. You had to beat him eventually because yeah. he was running through everybody. I think. They yeah, all-
0: but that's their fault.
1: Yeah,
0: that's their fault. Like we said, Sting should have been a pay-per-view. A lot of this shit should have been pay-per-view. The Hogan match should have been pay-per-view. No, I agree. But like, as much as... And this is the best moment of his career, and I will say that, but I will also say this is a blunder, because they they fucking filled up that stadium in three days. What could they have done with a month? Right. If they built and built and built? They could have filled up fucking
1: 100,000 well, right. people almost. Nah, they could have had WrestleMania numbers. Well, Georgia Dome, I'm pretty sure... I, like what is the Eric? You might actually know that. Eric, Clintus might even know this. Uh, what does the Georgia Dome usually fill up for a Falcons game? I'm gonna I'm get like, 50,000.
3: No, well, lately, they 50 don't, don't. have out any games unless it's like a big name team going? Like you might get Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay playing there. You might get a sellout crowd.
2: Um, and don't forget, they moved to a new stadium too. So, but when they had it, I think it was fifty-seven thousand.
1: You say fifty-seven or sixty-seven?
2: dollars or seventy?
1: Okay. So, it, it, like you just said, if they would have given it a month and would have done it on pay-per-view, yeah, imagine what they would have done. You know, the business they would have. <laughs> They would have gotten there. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, he had run through everybody. By the time you get to Nash, I, there was only a few guys that I don't think he worked with at the time. And that's like Luger. He hadn't had the, the singles match with Steiner yet. He hadn't worked with, he hadn't had a singles match with Rick Steiner yet either. Yeah. Uh, and then you had your smaller guys. Like he never worked with Benoit or Malenko.
2: Everybody else, he had already beat. Wow. I'll give you the number right now. It's seventy-one thousand. Seventy-one thousand. Yeah, when they when they had the George them. Okay.
3: That's
0: that's crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but let's give our final thoughts on Goldberg. Okay. Because so this match was awesome, but it also it, it kind of spelled out what made Goldberg the perfect uh, face for WCW at the time was short and sweet, go in there, beat some ass, spear, jackhammer, get out, and get a huge pop. And I think he's one of the unsung heroes of WCW for how much he actually did provide for that company, especially with all the bad advice he was getting and all the fucking old heads that were trying to kind of fuck him over and, and give, and, you know, steer him the wrong way. And he was still like, he was still electric and he was the top guy there. And it might piss some people off, but he was. He was the top babyface. So, uh, Bill Goldberg, I think, should go down as one of the best, uh,
1: you know, power-type yeah. wrestlers. Not he, big
0: men, but you know what I mean. He
1: was one of the crowning jewels for WCW in,
0: in that era. Monday
1: Night War oh, era. Yeah, he was. He was one of the last big stars. Yeah. One of the last big homegrowns. Yes. So... What are your final thoughts?
2: His first first um, half of his career I loved, and then for the last three, four years, didn't love so much as I said earlier, but it's not all his fault either. He he just wanted to come back and he wanted to wrestle in front of his kid, too. He wanted to do that, and he was doing it, and he wanted money, so I can't blame him for that. But all in all, he I think sometimes he gets too much shit. I'm guilty of that too. But on all, all, all in all he is um he he was a uh he did WW good in 98, ninety eight, ninety ninety seven, ninety eight, so and then when he came to WWE until he got into that Goldberg into that Black night
3: Absolutely. All right, Doug,
1: give your final thoughts. All right. So, I'm a huge WCW fan, obviously, right? Obviously. So, Goldberg to me, and I liked Goldberg back in the day. Now, I had heard Mm -hmm. all this shit about how he was a jerk and all that, but it wasn't a lot of, I don't think a lot of it was his fault. I think it was, he was manipulated by people. And You go back and you watch some of his stuff. Like, I loved a lot of his early stuff. Like, I enjoyed him working with Steve Mongo McMichael, even though it was god-awful.
0: Yeah. It was fun. Yeah.
1: That was fun. He worked the Berserker. Berserker was John Norris. He worked the Berserker on WCW Saturday Night for Christ's sake. Yeah. But Goldberg was just... It was fun, and I love the spear. I thought the jackhammer was an awesome move. Uh, Goldberg just, you know, he was and he was a real-life superhero, by the way. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to be for the kids. And
3: he was good at it.
1: Yeah. All right. Clint, what are your thoughts? All right. Goldberg, I think, was a...
3: It was a good trailblazer for WCW, in his <laughs> early days going, at on 172, for that tragic out loss to Scott Hall. today he run with Suppressors too, going with matches with uh, Jericho, Rock, Michaels, Triple H. I say, but one one match you one match you did let me about One I talked to it was the one he had at Crown Jewel, his last match, and the falls count anywhere. I think one, was one with Lashley, of one, one right? of, huh?
1: The one with Lashley, right?
3: Yeah. False count anywhere.
1: That was that a was good match. My...
3: huh? That was a good match. I agree. <laughs> that was a it was one of his class. I don't think one of the best classes he put on since his return coming back to the ring. You got to get him in. Or only coming back and just doing two moves. He put he put he made that match was like a starlight... Oh, old, old Goldberg right there. I enjoyed it. Goldberg's a great man. Wrestler. Can't say else, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right,
0: Doug. Do the plugs and we'll let's get the hell out of here.
1: All right. Make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet on YouTube. Wednesday, 10, 20, uh, 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern time. Then catch them Sunday nights, nine thirty PM Eastern time for the Hollywood hangout. Also on YouTube, catch us six thirty PM Eastern time on, uh, radio.com slash everything unscripted for the unscripted wrestling podcast. Daniel, uh, you would like to do a top 20 tag and count down next week, right? Where we all do our list. Yes. All right. That'll be next week. And then, Eric, you get to pick the show for, uh, Eric, you get to pick the episode for uh, January 13th. And then January 20th, 27th, I got. It might be playing. a top
0: 10 just so we can all do our list. Maybe yeah. not a top 20.
1: That would actually, that would probably, uh, well, make things a little more difficult because then I have to, because I'm already at, like, like, I'm having trouble trying to get. From fifty.
0: Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll figure out behind the scenes. What else do we got? All
1: right. Tomorrow night, yeah. seven p.m. Eastern time. Blogtalkradio.com/slash everything unscripted for unscripted unlimited. The unscripted year-end awards. Yes. We will. You have been working diligently. Yes, I have. Uh, I mean, you had to skip out on your afternoon nap. That's true. Uh. Uh. Yeah. All the
0: stuff we talk about. On here, we're going to be giving awards to wrestler of the year, UFC fighter of the year, you know, football player of the year, even like Big Brother contestant of the year. So everything we talk about on the everything on Scripted Network, uh, we're going to be doing horror shit. Everything. We're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be giving the awards out to the best of the best this year. So it's going to be fun. We're going to drink some champagne. Eric's going to wear a suit,
1: and we're going to have fun. Wait, we actually have to dress up. I was going to do the show naked.
3: Oh, that's your birthday suit. Yeah.
1: Thank you. <laughs> All right. Are we done? Uh. Oh. Also. Uh, Sunday, three p.m. Eastern time, or whenever you're going. No, be- we
0: just did it. We're not doing it again.
1: Oh. Okay. Next uh,
0: week at some point we'll be the stab cast.
1: Monday, seven p.m. Eastern time. Actually, no. You're doing it. Uh. It's going to be released Monday at seven p.m. Eastern time, right? The Yeah. Tape? Me and
0: Bobby are still working on that too.
1: So. Okay. All right. And then next week, Eric and Clintus are going to do the hard hits. They're going to preview. Uh, week – what fuck? What week are we in? We're going. To, we're, we're, we're
3: previewing, previewing the last week of the season.
1: Going in the final weekend of the NFL Week 18. Thank you. All right. I think that pretty much does it. So make
2: sure you listen to that.
0: All um, right, everybody. Have a great night. Love you, Eric. Love
1: you.
2: Love you. Happy New Year, guys.
1: Happy New Year. Happy New Happy. Year. Take it easy. Thanks, Kenneth.